So it was like Super Bowl champions, you know, NBA champions, NHL champions. And I think they had hit on the Denver Avalanche winning the um, Stanley Cup, which they just did, the Warriors winning, and then uh, the Braves winning last year. And then, but their last bet that would have made their parlay like worth a lot of money was the Jets winning the Super Bowl. Oh my God. <laughs> Welcome to Product Explained, a show where we talk about products and the company's history and strategy behind them. I'm your first host, Jeff Lee. And I'm your co-betting captain today, Mike Alcazarin. Jeff, do you remember when Super Bowl squares? Jeff, do you remember when Super Bowl squares felt edgy? Um, I don't know about edgy, but I was like, this is like gambling casinos and living rooms. <laughs> it always felt like I uh maybe I just picked the right numbers by uh by luck or whatever. I don't know. It's kind of like a pared down version of a lotto ticket, I suppose. Like someone's gonna win, but not that totally. much. Money. Uh, today's show, we're talking about DraftKings, a daily fantasy betting company. And I can't believe that this is legal just because growing up, it was so like taboo to bet right. on sports, but now it's like real and in your face and you see these mega ads on NFL or MLB or like pretty much everywhere. You don't even need to be watching sports to be mm. getting an ad for sports betting. But as Jeff mentions, DraftKings is a sports betting platform that enables folks to bet, place various bets on sports games, outcomes, you name it. You can probably bet on it through DraftKings. They make four different apps. So the first app is their fantasy sports app. And this has various daily games that you can play based on different professional sports. And, you know, we talked about fantasy uh, sports in a previous episode. Jeff, what was that episode that we did? We talked about Sleeper. Sleeper. That's right. So this is kind of like a Sleeper, but more gamified uh, or sorry but more like gambling fied if that's a yeah. word so but so basically like you know for example it's, it's a lighter touch way instead of playing a full season of like four month commitment of sports you can basically log in and play just one single day so for example they have this 15 dollar entry for something called the mlb major league baseball one million dollar relay throw where you might put together a daily lineup of players and compete against whoever else is in that 15 dollar pool just for a day went up to a million dollars the DraftKings Sportsbook is their second app, and this is where you can bet on specific games. So when you think like, you know, classic, not Lone Shark, but Bookie, Bookie's the word I'm thinking of, mm -hmm. <laughs> like at like this like mobster movie, someone that's going to break your legs if you don't pay money, this is that app, <laughs> which is funny. But so basically imagine for folks that aren't familiar with sports betting, so imagine that you're watching a baseball game on MLB. It's the Philadelphia Flyers. They're playing the Los Angeles Dodgers. You can put money on which team that you think is going to win. And Wait, did you just say the Philadelphia Flyers playing the Dodgers? That's oh, like man. two different sports. <laughs> um, you could a, do a parlay uh, across a cross sport parlay, though. That this is this is true. I meant to say the Philadelphia Phillies. I read my <laughs> my script too fast, <laughs> but yeah. But essentially, if you're betting on specific sports games there's a ton of like nuance and complexity then you know i'm gonna get this totally wrong for the people that bet often they're gonna want to correct me and people that don't bet at all they're gonna have no idea what i'm talking about but you know one of the things that you should know about with sports betting is something called the spread so you know you could always like you know, just essentially bet on this one team that's the better team's going to win. But you could also bet against that team and say that, hey, they're not going to beat that team by whatever the spread is. So let's say like it's the Jeff Lees versus Mike Alcazarans. I'm favored by 10 points. The, the Essentially the 10 point that I'm favored would be this spread. So you have to 
basically believe that Jeff's going to not beat me by 10 points. But as Jeff mentioned, you can also do even more complex sports betting with parlays, which is essentially you string together this wild series of whatever randomness you want and you basically can put this together and it'll spit out the odds and there's been some funny like reddit posts and like other stories where you see this one person has bet like you know five or six like one in 1500 or one in a thousand things that could happen and they're at the last event so imagine like it's like a, a formula one race that you pick the winner and then you pick the winner for the you know nfl game and then you pick the specific nfl player like runs like 100 yards or does some weird thing and then the fourth game is like you know maybe MLB and like someone has to hit a home run and so it's all these things that like have to happen that are like super odds and like the payouts are crazy but it's like obviously very small very low odds um right Jeff have you ever done a parlay or anything yeah, like that I oh, have man. done parlays they're like I think if you are someone who just kind of wants the fun of gambling with very low risk you can do like multi-leg parlays for example like one thing that my friend and I used to do was um, we put a dollar down and then we would do like a four leg parlay or like we even do like a 10 leg parlay for college football. And so we would try to pick the winners. Uh, sometimes it was straight up, but sometimes there was uh, we include the spread, say, oh, we think Alabama is going to beat UAB by more than 20 points. And we also think that, I don't know, Penn State is going to lose to Michigan by more than eight points. And it goes on and on and on. And as you pick more of these, the payout for what you put in is tremendous. <laughs> because like Mike said, like the odds are very, very low that you're going to hit on this. But it's fun. It kind of makes uh, the weekend really interesting because you're now interested in all it's just like what fantasy sports has done for other professional teams like we talked about for nfl specifically um, it makes you interested in games that you would never be interested in because now you kind of have a stake in it so yeah we used to put like a dollar down or like a couple of dollars down and do multi-leg parlays uh and it costs us like i don't know 10 bucks uh per bet basically and then if you hit them all it would tell you the payout like oh you might win like fifteen thousand dollars for a five dollar <laughs> bet so it's always kind of fun to see like you know is this gonna happen it's kind of like playing the lotto in a way but it's a bit more deterministic i don't know yeah it's fun i think that's the one thing that i, I think i like the most out of betting is like straight up playing parlays it's just it's gambling for sure but <laughs> <laughs> no for sure i've actually i've never done parlay betting I, i've always like wanted to but i just like i don't know gambling's like not my never been my thing but maybe that'll change this year because it's it's so easy <laughs> now with like apps like DraftKings. um right but yeah the third app that DraftKings make is something called casino which is literally a casino in your pocket which is like just feels like bad news bears if you have right. yeah. an addictive yeah. personality. There's like live dealer blackjack. There's slot poker. There's all sorts. It makes you, you know, imagine going to Vegas and seeing a casino. That's what you have at your fingertips in your pocket. The fourth app is something called DK Live or DraftKings Live, um, which has kind of like, you know, live streaming of stats where deep dives into specific players. So you can see like, you know, different, you know, fantasy ports that different players have um, have had. Um, and then the, the last thing that I think was interesting, and then we're also in the midst of a crash because we're recording this in, in July of 2022, <laughs> is an NFT or Nifty um marketplace that DraftKings has where they have there's no app for it but it's like on their desktop app where you can or sorry desktop website where you can just go and purchase nfts huh. for for various sporting events but jeff it's funny like i remember the first time that i ever went to vegas was actually with you <laughs> um it was for an autodesk uh trip oh i didn't know that was your first time yeah i didn't remember um, and, and i like i feel like this was you it might have been someone else one of our other coworkers. but you taught me how to play craps i think 
you basically like yeah. you know said like oh just download this app on your ipad and play <laughs> it to get good at it and then you know <laughs> it's like yeah i just, I just remember that yeah exactly and i was awful at craps i still don't understand what i'm doing but it was it was regardless it, it was fun but it feels like that app of like teaching you how to gamble is kind of DraftKings has made it it just removed all the friction out of you know what was previously like go find this bookie on the corner of the street and you know you have this running tally of like <laughs> money it's just like you know it just made it more streamlined and it's it, it's now digital and, and app based but I, I thought it was funny anecdote yeah it's so funny because it, this makes it sound like i'm a gambling addict which i, I <laughs> i'd like to think i'm not um i definitely Jeff, will this go is your and, intervention <laughs> I, I definitely will and go play some of these games but i think of it as entertainment money so if i'm like okay with losing x amount then i'll, I'll go and play um and craps is one of those games that you get i would think a, a little bit a little bit more entertainment compared to other games uh, that you could lose money really quickly on same thing with kind of like fantasy sports and betting parlays like for me it it kind of buys me into being interested in certain outcomes. Totally. And so that's that's where, like you mentioned earlier, with um, like the Super Bowl squares, you're now interested in particular outcomes versus just something generic, like who wins or maybe even a game you wouldn't even care about. Um, I think somebody recently had bet uh, or parlayed um, all the championships for the year. Oh, man. So it was like Super Bowl champions, you know, NBA champions, NHL champions. And I think they had hit on the... Denver Avalanche winning the um, Stanley Cup, which they just did. The Warriors winning, and then uh, the Braves winning last year. And then, but their last bet that would have made their parlay like worth a lot of money was the Jets winning the Super Bowl. Oh my god! <laughs> so, and I guess like I, I don't know if this has always been the case, but you can you can back out of parlays before the games hit. So like technically, that person can cash out now. And uh, like they wouldn't, you know, they won't win as much as if the Jets did win. But it right, kind of right. like there's like live odds on it, basically. And I think they they put in like a dollar. They're they're standing to win like seven hundred bucks or something. But if they if the Jets <laughs> won, it was like sixteen thousand dollars or something silly. But uh, everyone everyone on that post was like back out. The Jets are not winning the yeah. Super Bowl. Like, <laughs> and for folks that don't follow football, the Jets are probably in the bottom eight percent of teams <laughs> they're, they're yeah. not a good team like yeah, this year yeah. the past like decade um that's that's funny but you never know the Bengals went last year you know and two years before that they're also considered like one of the worst so yeah but i mean teams if you just turn see around a fast yeah totally i mean if you see a picture of like joe burrow versus um zach wilson i just the amount of swagger that you can see just in the image yeah, of joe I mean, burrow true. just right. is like it's way yeah. higher um but that's not how you win football games. Maybe it is. I don't know. But let's talk a little bit about the business model just super quickly. I think I can sum it up as the house always wins. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so yep. there's like, I would actually like love to be like an, a math. If I was a math major or an actuary, I would want to work at a company like this because the amount of analysis that you have to put to understand, like you have to understand like sports and you have to be able to make sure that the odds are in your favor, you being the sports book, you know, the the, mm -hmm. the house to make sure that, you know, it's going to net out to be positive, but it's, it's fascinating. So talking about DraftKings revenue, their annual fiscal report for fiscal year 2022 states guidance of 1.92 to 2.02 billion. And I think that was off 10 or 15% growth. So they're growing pretty significantly and $2 billion is is no joke and <laughs> to, to pull in that much revenue. It's interesting how they, they call this out in their financial statement where they have 
a new acronym that we've never seen here on Product Explained, mm-hmm. but monthly unique player. So very similar to like our ARPU or average revenue per user um, metric. Um, it's about $67 that they make per person that's playing on, on their platform, which I thought was interesting. And it, to contrast that with something like Facebook, I think Facebook is, has a $90 ARPU. I think Twitter's was down to like $14. So it's like, you know, somewhere between <laughs> Facebook and Twitter for, you know, how much money that they could potentially make per person and per active user that that's using this. But that is DraftKings in a nutshell. Yeah, that's super interesting. I wonder why they decided to go with like monthly unique player. Maybe people are opening multiple accounts because sometimes what what often happens with like sites like DraftKings is they give you kind of like a sign in bonus like, oh, yep. your first bet um, will give you $100 to match. And then people are maybe taking advantage of this. I don't know how, because oftentimes like you have to prove that you're in a state where gambling is legal and you probably have to send in a copy of your ID. So it's probably hard to create multiple accounts to keep benefiting for that sign up but uh yeah maybe they they needed to crack down on it for some reason and listen i have 50 jeff lee accounts in various <laughs> states <laughs> yeah or that could be it like maybe they're opening accounts on other people's behalf which is like technically against the rules but you know yeah i think this business model is interesting it's basically like volume based right the more mm-hmm. that you play uh, as well as the total amount, they always take a rake. So there's always some sort of small transactional percentage that they're taking on you by, by doing more of the thing, which is gambling. I mean, it's not any different than like banks, for example, that are asking you to deposit money and they take your money and they turn around and loan it and they make, uh, there's, you know, basically interest arbitrage there and they make money on it. They give you a little bit of money back. Uh, but what they want is they want more people to keep loaning more money to them. And so they give you all these incentives to like open accounts and do stuff like that. So yeah, there's definitely some similarities there. Are banks the new casinos, Mike? <laughs> I feel like you were like kind of pseudo describing a Ponzi scheme as I was like just thinking about this. It's like, you just need, it's like multi-level marketing. So you just need to get yeah. more people and whoever's holding the bag, they'll pay for it. Just yeah. don't be holding the bag at the end right, of the day. Right. Um, cool. Let's talk about the history of the product. So originally it was launched in 2012 by Jason Robbins, Matthew Kalish, and Paul Lieberman. They were all formerly of Vistaprint, which is kind of an interesting company to jump from. It's not like, you know, usually you see people that were doing something kind of similar before and then moving over into their their current venture. But Vistaprint is a online print-on-demand company, so it has nothing really to do with DraftKings, but... I don't know. Degenerates are degenerates, so... Yeah. (laughs) Um, I guess maybe they're taking, like, a very old, you know, Michael Scott paper company... Let me you see, know, where is Vistaprint located? Maybe that's why. I, I think uh, they're, Bo- they're Boston-based because I remember like seeing a bunch of ads for jobs when I was first in the Boston, when I was living in the Boston area after undergrad. Oh, they're actually Dutch. So huh. well, I originally, <laughs> originally from the Netherlands, although I don't know what they have, where their US-based um, headquarters is. So actually, they originally started as an MLB product. Um, so hmm. they launched to kind of coincide with uh, opening day in 2012. We did another product that MLB had also kind of partnered with. I can't remember what it was, um, but I I remember that MLB had, oh, I think it had to do with um, Disney Plus. Like Disney Plus had purchased um, technology behind MLB. Technology, yeah, yeah, around streaming for MLB. It's interesting. MLB is kind of like a technology forward organization more so than NFL, which is uh, even surprising to me. I'm just shocked at how much money like baseball contracts are. It's like, and also like how much money that MLB makes. But it's like I think it's like ten billion dollars a year that the MLB pulls in because like I don't really watch the MLB. I I mm-hmm. love going to a game and occasionally checking one. But I think it maybe it's just like the sheer like number of games. You yeah, know, it's there's like, a lot. 
yeah, I think, what is it, like 180 something? I don't know, whatever. There's over 100 know. games, 150 games. games. And I guess you can, if you're selling TV contracts, that there's a lot of money to be made, even if it's um, less We're going off it. on a tangent here, but I know yeah, that totally. recent, um, well, I mean, the MLB commissioner, I can't remember his name, but um, was kind of under, under fire recently talking about if they'd consider using more technology to call balls and strikes and replace the umpire. Mm -hmm. um, and he said that would be something he'd be interested in. And people are like, that's ruining the legacy of the, you know, people are always mad about, uh, you know, that's, that's just the way the game's played and they like are technology averse, but I don't know. Interesting. Um, yeah. So uh, the MLB had originally invested in this product in 2013, which was the first U.S. professional organization to invest in a daily fantasy sports company. In 2014, they uh, had basically said that they were awarding about $50 million a year or the, the previous year in 2013 to weekly fantasy football winners, daily fantasy baseball, basketball, and hockey winners. So they basically were transacting about $50 million in, in rewards the year before. Now, this is early days of daily fantasy sports. In 2014, they became the official DFS service for NHL and then an MLB in 2015. So this is why you kind of see a lot of DraftKings like sponsored ads and partnerships all over the place for NHL and MLB. This kind of expanded into ESPN. So they had signed a deal with ESPN in 2015 and ESPN was going to um, have this advertising deal with them to kind of co-sponsor stuff for three years. However, they actually backed out in 2016 because there were concerns about legality. I think people were starting mm -hmm. to really kind of locked down on whether or not daily fantasy sports was going to be a thing. I, I, I think we all kind of remember this time that it was kind of yep. in this gray area. And then they're like, oh, is this going to go away? In 2015, a DraftKings employee had inadvertently released some data before the start of the NFL's week three games. And at the same time, that employee had won $350,000 on a rival site, FanDuel. That's amazing. So oh it prompted God. an investigation. I think it ended up that like this person was not found guilty of anything because uh, the game data, like all the bets were locked in by the time he had released some of this data. So it wasn't actually, couldn't really impact anything at that point. But I just thought, you know, thought it was interesting. Um, and it actually gets more interesting in a bit. I'll talk about FanDuel and, and DraftKings' weird relationship. I'm just really curious on that one, like where it yeah. feels like, that is very very unethical but i don't know if it's illegal you know what i mean like i don't like right. but then again i don't know like state by state like legality of of sports gambling but yeah. that's just that's a very great area and that's like i think maybe i i i didn't dig into it too much but it probably was because he didn't place the bet when he had quote unquote like insider knowledge and we placed it like after there was public knowledge but he had more access or easier access than than other people so maybe that's where mm, there's yeah. some unfair advantage Cool. So in 2016, they had actually launched in the UK after ob obtaining a license from the Gambling Commission, which is kind of like their country's gambling commission. Um, in 2016, FanDuel and DraftKings were actually supposed to merge. I don't remember this, actually. Oh, I don't remember that either, no. Um, but the FTC moved to block the proposal because that was going to make up 90% of the daily fantasy industry at the time, which is clearly you know something that wasn't going to fly. The good old um, M word. <laughs> yep, exactly. So in 2017, uh, the merger was called off due to threat of litigation from the FTC. So this is kind of why they're still split up today. In 2018, Professional and Amateur Sports Protection Act of 1992 was declared unconstitutional by SCOTUS. Uh, and that actually allowed states outside of Nevada to actually legalize betting. So this is why DraftKings was officially allowed to launch in New Jersey, West Virginia, Indiana, Iowa, New Hampshire, 
and Mississippi. Conversely, it was banned in 2016 by Idaho by their then attorney general, which is called it quote unquote illegal gambling. Hmm. In 2020, they went public by completing a reverse merger with this company called Diamond Eagle Acquisition Corp, which is like, it sounds like something out of a Disney movie. Yeah. (laughs) It's like like bad guy corporation. Right. Exactly. Um, so yeah, it's just a funny name. Uh, in 2021, DraftKings agreed to pay 50 million over three years to distribute a podcast hosted by Dan Lebitard and his company. And so the podcasts average about 10 to 20 million downloads monthly. They actually launched some shows this year. So they launched the Shutdown Fullcast, which is a college football show. Too Many Men, which is a hockey show. The Cooligans. Oh, sorry. Too Many Men is yeah a, ho- a hockey show. The Cooligans, um, which I think is. I have it listed here as also hockey show. Let me just double check this. Um, this is where Jeff <laughs> finds hockey shows and names oh, them. Oh, sorry. The Cooligan is a soccer show. And then DNF, which stands for did not finish, which is an F1 program, which I think spawned from all of the F1, I guess, like fanfare after that Netflix series came out. So good. So yeah, I uh, so Dan Levitard is making a ton of money there producing these shows for, for DraftKings. And lastly, in 2022, they expanded into Ontario by acquiring a company called Gold Nugget Online Gaming. And they also got a two-year iGaming license in Ontario. So they're now in Canada, the UK, as well as the US. Yeah, it's interesting um, that there's so much money with these podcasts that DraftKings has. Um, especially just to distribute that. Like, I'm curious on like how like the economics of that works out, and maybe it's just branding. And I guess to get the 10 to 20 mil- like million people that are listening to this, I guess it makes sense. You're paying like five dollars per person, and as a cost of customer acquisition, and then if all of those 10 to 12 million people are active on your sports betting platform, that's 67 dollars. So I guess the math like makes sense. Why 50 yeah. million yeah. right, right there? And speaking of like who the like, you know target customers, we can talk about who DraftKings is for. So. I think that the you know beauty of an app like DraftKings is that it kind of catches anyone from the casual sports better like Jeff or myself where we just want to you know we see it more as entertainment you know because I'm the same mm-hmm. way Jeff where like when I buy like scratch off lotto tickets like I'll spend like five dollars and be like hey like this is going to be five dollars worth of entertainment and before we even scratch it off I'm like imagine what we would do with this money and it's kind of yeah. just like a you know thought exercise yeah right. totally and that's like whenever i've done bets like this too it's like oh like if i get like three hundred dollars from this i'll go buy a random like sports jersey um mm. or 10 of them illegally just kidding uh <laughs> please don't come master me ammo mlb and nfl and nhl and nba and all the all the organizations but um so like i said earlier in the show i think i just think it's wild in my head that it's legal in the u.s because there's just been a tidal wave tidal wave of legalization um and you have to look at the tax revenue i think Mm -hmm. that's like just you know you just got to follow the money there's this really cool website called legalsportsreport.com that has this amazing chart showing uh sports betting and the impact from the past four years so they have four columns uh and three of the terms that i've never heard before but really interesting so um, the first is the handle, which is the amount that people wagered. Uh, the second is revenue, which is the amount the sports books keep. The hold percentage, which is what how much revenue that sports books keep as a function mm. of the handle. And then tax revenue. So the tax is collected by each state. So um, in this four-year period from t- June 2018 to June 2022, there's been over $136 billion of a handle, meaning that people have placed $136 billion, that's B with a capital B, bill, wow. sorry, billion with a capital B of bets on um, on different sports. And then the sports revenue um, had a hold of 7.1%, which nets out to about uh, $9.6 billion. So that's how much money that these you know companies like FanDuel or DraftKings have actually kept. 
But the real winner here, regardless of how much you know revenue that uh, you know the wagers are winning or the people, the sports books are keeping, there's a tax revenue. So local governments have netted about 1.4 billion in tax revenue against that 136 billion dollar handle. Um, well, about 1% of all revenues. So basically, you think about if you place a $100 bet, $1 is guaranteed to go to the government, which I think is, you know, good, because like the revenue from the sports betting goes towards, at least in New York State, it's going towards education, youth sports programming, grants, as well as helping uh, problem gambling prevention treatment and recovery services, uh, which is kind of interesting that you have to kind of do that just because it's it's such a, it can be a disease if, if you're addicted to it. So that is who DraftKings is for in a nutshell. I want to touch on that a little bit around um, this concept of gamblers funding, I don't know, programs of need, specifically education. So Georgia does this. Um, I'm a product of Georgia gambling, I suppose, uh, where um, <laughs> at the time, I think there was a lot of, I guess, like discussion slash disagreement around legalizing gambling, um, specifically lotto playing uh, in Georgia, mostly because it's, you know, the Bible Belt and it's kind of frowned upon in general. Um, what they ended up doing to, in order to pass you know, lottery sales was they said that a portion of this was going to go towards student scholarships. And so they started this program called the Hope Scholarship. I think it's now called the Zell Miller Scholarship. There's some slight differences in how it pays out. Um, but basically, it guarantees that if you meet some merit-based threshold, you know, I think it's like graduating from an accredited high school with a certain GPA and then going into an in-state school, they will pay for your tuition. Oh, that's um, awesome. So it actually funds like a lot of scholarship slash tuition for a lot of a lot of students. So I ended up doing a lot of good. Um, it doubly helped that, you know, there's some really strong universities in state. So, you know, there's obviously Georgia Tech, um, University of Georgia, as well as Emory. Um, I think actually, I don't know if Emory qualifies because they're a private university, but at least like, you know, Georgia Tech and UGA um, and some other really large state schools like Kennesaw State, Georgia State, etc. Um, Jeff, I'm know, proud of you get- for mentioning University of Georgia in a in a positive, uh, positive uh, <laughs> statement there. Yeah, well, you know, somebody's got to sweep the lawns and mow the lawns. <laughs> uh, well, so, so Jeff, does that mean the po- like Product Explained podcast is de facto sponsored by Georgia, which is de facto sponsored by Georgia Gamblers? So. Yeah, exactly. So thank you. Thank you for the, the transitive property. The Georgia lottery. But yeah, I think overall, um, you know, it, it ended up funding a lot of uh, people's education throughout throughout Georgia. And I think that's kind of the case for some of these like mega lottos, a bunch of states split some of the some of the earnings too. So this is not like a new concept to to get something out of people that have some sort of vice. But yeah, just wanted to comment on that. Let's talk about competitors. So I think that obviously the first one that comes to mind is FanDuel. You know, we already mentioned earlier that FanDuel and DraftKing at some point made up 90% of the total market for daily sports. But there's definitely other, I guess, like competitors that have popped up. So Caesars and MGM both have their own products, Caesars Sports Book and uh, BetMGM. Bovada is one that's been around for a long time. And Bovada was have, have always kind of done online gambling and they operate in this gray area. I can't remember how they did it, but... Um, don't tell anyone on me, but when I was in college, uh, not living in a gambling, online gambling legalized state, I was able to, to place bets on, on games. They weren't daily fantasy specifically, but it was more of like the traditional spreads and parlays and things like that. Interesting. Um, there's a new site called Stake. I don't know if you've heard of Stake, but the reason why I've heard of Stake is I follow Drake and Drake has been betting a lot, like millions of dollars on Stake, uh, but it's a crypto based betting. So you back your bets using crypto uh oh, God. and that i think that we're holding drake's bag 
I, Damn yeah. it. <laughs> Actually, um, so he he won a bet last night for um, uh, Israel Adesanya won, winning the UFC middleweight championship. And Drake has this like Drake curse where everyone who bet he bets on always loses. But he won last night. So yeah. Anyways, just shout out to uh, to Steak. shout out to Drake. <laughs> shout out to Drake. Um, Steak is an interesting one. We should definitely cover Steak at one point. And then lastly, the one I thought about was Poker Stars. You mentioned that there's like this live casino that. DraftKings has. Do you remember playing Poker Stars uh, in college by any chance? No, but I remember like one of my buddies, Dylan, did, and he was like deep, deep, deep into it, yeah. and like thousands of dollars. Like you'd oh, only wow. hear about the time that like he would like be up, but like I wouldn't be surprised if he was down massive amounts. I remember just playing for fun, but sometimes there'd be like these tournaments, like five dollar tournaments. Be like, oh, okay, like I, I'm interested in it. But when you're a college kid, like five dollars is a lot. So yeah, yeah do, do I want five beers at mug night or <laughs> do I want to bet all? <laughs> yeah. Um, so let's chat about our thoughts. I'm happy to start. I think DraftKings definitely ethics aside, definitely met a need for a lot of people. There's definitely product market fit here. Clearly, people are interested in sports and they're kind of interested in this entertainment slash outcome of like what happens if i got it right what happens if i guess the championships for all these different professional sports or uh the outcomes of you know these 16 games and what would it be like if i won sixteen thousand dollars by placing a five dollar bet that just makes it really interesting for people so they definitely captured a need here um and i think a lot a lot of the chips uh kind of fell in the right place for DraftKings, including the um, Supreme Court's ruling on the legality of, of online sports betting. But I think overall, like what I will say is their strategy has been immaculate. They've been partnering with the right people. They are able to kind of get these pro sports organizations to get on their side and they're kind of advertised everywhere. It's kind of hard to even think about sports without thinking about DraftKings or daily sports. It's kind of how Budweiser took over. Totally. Uh, That's a really like, good analogy. Yeah, for like the Super Bowl and like sports overall. I think overall their their marketing strategy has been has been great and they are benefiting from a very well-known business model of taking a rake on a lot of these transactions especially in the in the gambling industry. So I'm going to give them like I guess I'll give them like a 4.2. Not that I use DraftKings myself that much, but it's more so that they have such a strong foothold in the daily fantasy world. Like you think about DraftKings and you think about FanDuel as like the the one and two uh, when it comes to daily fantasy sports. So yeah, I'm going to give them like a 4.2. They've definitely been really smart about how they're growing their business and I don't really see them stopping anytime soon. Fantasy sports is honestly what's keeping a lot of sports watching alive. Um, 100%. And then you double that with another addictive behavior of, of gambling. <laughs> and that's where DraftKings really, really thrive. So yeah, what did I say? 4.2? 4.2 for me. Awesome. Yeah, I'm going to be a little bit lower at 3.95 um, only because I think that it's just, it still like feels a little bit confusing to, to get up to speed, I think for the super casual yeah, um, for sure. user. But I think you hit the nail on the head where it's like, you know, ethics aside and legality aside, it's like really good product market fit. And um, I'm curious to see like how they're able to sustain market share because I think that's the name of the game. Like they, people are going to continue to bet on this and like it's going to exist. So you know, I think it's going to be a really interesting like business problem to solve in terms of like how do you keep DraftKings like number one against like Fan FanDuel's like number two or yeah. whomever like the the third party is. And if I'm like talking out loud, it has to be reducing friction. You know, it's like people are just going to go to the easiest platform that it is to 
you know, to bet if be it like Caesars or FanDuel or anyone, any one of the competitors that you, that you took. And I'm not deep into the customer experience for any of these since I, I haven't really used, actually, I haven't used any of these. I am waiting for the NFL season to start this year so I can get a big, uh, deposit bonus because <laughs> I think that's how it works this year. But yeah, I'm curious to see like, you know, how they're able to remove friction out of the business. But yeah, this was super interesting and super fun. And it's super weird to me. I still remember like reading like a Michael Jordan bibliography in like 1998 when it, and it basically talked about Jordan betting on sports and, and all this like stuff that happened. Um, and I just remember reading this as like a, you know, a fifth grader being like, Oh my God, like this is so intense. Like sports betting is, is so bad. And like now it's everywhere on TV and it's just like this weird, weird paradigm shift for me. So maybe that's yeah. why I'm, you know, ranking it a little bit <laughs> lower than yours, but um Cool. Those are our thoughts on DraftKings. And, you know, we'd love to hear from you, our audience. So uh, we love all the engagement that we've been getting, all the texts, the love, the emails, the tweets, the Instagram messages, so on and so forth. It means a lot. Um, definitely continue to engage with, with us. You can find us on both Instagram and Twitter at ProdX Podcast. That's P-R-O-D-E-X Podcast. Yeah, and reviews and subscriptions and likes really helps our show and helps it grow and, you know, sharing it with other people. So if you're interested, feel free to drop a like or subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Good Pods, etc. If you've got suggestions on what we should review next, let us know and we'll see you next episode.